Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! Did you have a good Halloween? I did, yes. It was nice. We hung out and dressed up and ate a lot of food. And I made these little chocolate strawberries. And they were white chocolate. And then I piped little faces on them. So they were little ghosts. Cute. Oh, what did you do? I watched all of season two of Barry starring Bill Hader. Amazing. A great Um, show. It is a great show. No, that's basically it. We we didn't do anything for Halloween. We ordered pizza. We did that for ourselves. Uh. (laughs) In a long time. I just want Mm -hmm. pizza. I can't even tell you the last time I had pizza. It was. Yeah, I would say at most we go two weeks between having pizza. I think it was the beginning of October. Maybe even September. (laughs) That's too long. Uh, yeah, it is too long. I I 100% agree. I might have to do that. I mean, okay, I'll like, that tonight. Maybe I'll treat myself. Not only not only is it delicious, obviously, in, mm-hmm. in a myriad of ways. It also like when it comes down to like I want to be lazy and order food. It's the simplest thing to order. Correct. Yes. You know, like as opposed to like I'm you know I, we order other takeout sometimes, or it's mm-hmm. like oh great I you know want to get Indian food or, mm-hmm. or or Chinese food or whatever it is. Sure. The simplicity. Of ordering pizza yes. is also so appealing when you want to be lazy. Safe bet. Every time. No issues. Every time. You know what you're usually, getting into. Right. It's it's always always good to go. So that's our PSA. Get pizza tonight. Treat yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself. <laughs> Great. Let's do it. Hi. Hello. It's the Feeny Call. You heard the intro. You Yeah, you know it. <laughs> You've heard you it. You know it. You know you're who aware you are. Of it. You've been around. And if you're new, thanks for coming. I'm Skylar. Yeah. I'm Megan. That's Have we said our names never... in a long time? No. <laughs> and I was thinking about that, I don't know, probably like a month ago. I was just like, you know what we never do is say our names. So anyone listening, if you have been listening for like the entire fourth season and maybe even the entire third season, we might not have said our names. So and you keep on going and you're like talking to your friend about it and you're like, yeah, it's this guy and this girl, or at least I'm making an assumption based on the sounds of their voices. And like the guy <laughs> says these things. <laughs> yes, you exactly. You like, don't know our names for it, I guess. I don't mean, you could figure it out if you want, but we do not introduce no. ourselves. It's not something we have done. I just maybe like we should. Assume, <laughs> I incorrectly assume that people like read the description that I write for uh-huh. the, you know, whatever Spotify. Yeah, I don't read. I don't Apple read descriptions podcasts on podcasts when I play them usually. So. Neither do I. And I don't know why I assume that people do. So anyway. The only, Skylar, the only descriptions of podcast. <laughs> the only time I read descriptions on podcasts is um regularly for Armchair Expert because I will mm. often like he'll the title of the episode will be the name of the guest. And if I don't recognize the name of the guest, then I will go and read the description to find out who they are and if I want to listen to it or not, because I don't listen to every single episode of that podcast. No. While we're on the subject of it, actually, I guess this was last week, just before Halloween, the episode they put out is a delight. And I uh, would, if you haven't listened to it, I highly encourage you because I think you'll really enjoy it. It's with this guy who's a, a professor of religious studies. And is like an expert on the ideas of like demons, exorcisms, and the occult, and how popular culture has influenced people's actual like views and ideation on that. Interesting. Yeah, it was it very be interesting. interesting. the The most interesting thing I learned in that podcast, and then I'll stop talking about the other podcast, and we can do our own. Um, the most Skylar interesting thing I learned. Skylar likes other podcasts better than ours. 
telling. I mean, listen, there are some good ones out there. The most interesting thing I learned was that like apparently. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. Do you think that belief in a literal Satan and literal demons is higher or lower now than it was in, let's say, the 60s? A literal Satan, my, my gut is to say it's lower because I feel like people are more into just the general supernatural now. But at the same time, I feel like there have been so many movies and things like that that have come out. It could, I could see it going either way, but I guess I'll say lower. That makes perfect sense, and you're wrong. Um, <laughs> see, so, I figured. <laughs> yeah, it was very surprising to me to learn that the like an all-time low in terms of like however long this has been studied, mm-hmm. the the lowest point in like belief in literal Satan and literal demons mm-hmm. was actually in like 1965. Because, and this is what this guy talked a lot about, he was like, there's what's called the unholy trinity of films, which mm-hmm. is The Exorcist, uh, Rosemary's Baby, mm-hmm. and The Omen, I think, all within the 70s. Sure. And this guy attributes like that, and then the satanic panic of the 80s surrounding yes. Dungeons and Dragons and like death metal music and shit. And he's like, all of those things have led to this increased belief in actual demons and actual like satan and you pair that with people who have gotten a lot of power and money out of like profiting off of those beliefs such as deliverance preachers and ministers and things like that you know sure and he's like those two things combined have led to what we have now which is I can't remember the percentage, but it was way too high, in my opinion, (laughs) Uh, of Americans that believe in, like, literal Satan and literal demons. And this guy's a practicing Catholic, for what it's worth. He's not, like, some asshole atheist over here who's here to shit on everyone's time. Talked a lot about the, like, intersectionality of how pop culture has informed the average American's belief in actual Satan. Pop fucking culture, man. It's a nightmare. It's wild, man. It's fucking wild. Anyway, let's talk about our shit. (laughs) Anyway, so about pop culture, we're talking about Boy Meets World, season four, episode nine, 16 candles and 400 pound men. Which is a a delightful title. It's not two words like our trend has been. No, and I'm kind of a little (laughs) mad about it that it breaks the trend because the next episode is called Turkey Day and it is two words. I'm like, why didn't why didn't you just. Why didn't you? I get it because it's it, like you can't really put this title into two words. So I understand, but I'm not a fan. Anyway. 400 pound candles. 400 pound candles. <laughs> if you hyphenate 400 which is pounds. Techni- I was going to say, which is technically three words, but that's yeah, yeah. okay. I mean, 400 candles doesn't make as much sense. So. No, that's no. And that's way too many candles. That sounds like a fire hazard. So, our trivia for the day is I have like a goof and then also a trivia. As far as Vader, because this is another Vader episode, obviously he was played by Vader or Leon White. So, he's known for his aerial maneuvers, including the Vandersalt, which he showed Frankie in the last scene of this episode. Mm, Interesting. So, that was a fun little Easter egg for uh, wrestling fans as -hmm. well. And then in the background of the stadium where they were for the wrestling match, there's a Mighty Ducks of Anaheim logo. So <laughs> it's supposed to be obviously filmed in 
Philadelphia at the core state center, but it's definitely filmed at Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim. So <laughs> they this tried episode to pull is riddled with error. <laughs> they tried to pull a fast one on us and it didn't work. Also, if I would notice we did notice. We did, and we did. This is also one of the four episodes that uh, Will Ferdell is not in. I don't even think I noticed, and I feel shitty saying that. <laughs> Actually, this is the first one because the next ones are like big Corey Topanga episodes because it's Heartbreak Corey, If You Can't Be With The One You Love, and Starry Night, which all were in 98. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first one, and the only one not in 98 because this one came out in 96. Interesting. Do you think so he was in 98? Do you think he was busy doing my date with the president's daughter? I, God, I hope so. When did that movie what a, come out? What a staple. I think it came out in 98. That movie came out in 97. Damn it. Probably yeah, nothing not to do with that movie. But. My date with the president's daughter in quite some time. I want it to be on Disney Plus so bad. I know. Why the fuck is it not on Disney Plus? I have no idea. It's unacceptable. It's not a decom. I also didn't know that until just now. It's not a decom. I I did know that. I like I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and it was technically a part of the ABC show, The Wonderful World of Disney. I thought it was just like a random ass movie that they just like made. I didn't know it was part of ABC. Yeah, I knew it wasn't, of, but um, no, it is part of ABC's The Wonderful World of Disney. Because um, te- technically, it's like an episode of the show, The Wonderful World of Disney. Interesting. Weird. Well, anyway, he was not working enough. on my date with the president's daughter in Rats. the time he wasn't on the show. Damn it, because that came out in 97. But good for him. He was holding both of those. Truly. Which also makes sense because the Boy Meets World at the time was an ABC show. Also makes sense, yes. But Which then got bought by Disney. Yeah. Which then obviously just said like, hey, you pretty boy from our very popular <laughs> TV show. <laughs> I was 97? Yeah, Disney already owned ABC, but I guess it wasn't like, well, it's like when it wasn't a full, yeah, merge. They bought ABC in like 96 or 97. So 96? That's what we talked about in our Disney episode. If yeah. you recall right. my trivia. I was there. I was there. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. It's me. All right, here we go. I, I, this is the problem. I had two good ones and now I'm all nervous. All right. On my mark. Get set go they're doing poetry in turner's class and Corey and sean are having trouble processing it so they take up uh with frankie because he's also having some unrequited feelings of love for a person they say they'll help him with love if he helps him with poetry topanga is also turning 16 and she's really passionate about her 16th birthday party so Corey tries to help frankie by showing up for at his father's wrestling match and showing up to topanga's party obviously it doesn't work because he can't be in two places at once he makes topanga mad but then he makes up for it because he takes her to the arena and they dance together under the big thing the that's my time but the the big scoreboard they dance in the ring yeah in the the big wrestling ring and really that's all that happens because there's not a b-plot in this one no no it's a cute episode it's fun this is a good one it's got some good jokes i like this episode but i i don't know if i love this episode and really the reason is because some of my favorite characters aren't in it. Eric's not in it. Mm-hmm. Feeney's not in it. Alan and mm-hmm. Amy and Morgan aren't in it. So mm-hmm. I like it, but I I would put it a little on the lower end of the scale for me as far as mm-hmm. episodes go. I get it. I, I kind of shrugged when I saw it was this one. Yeah. And I was, you know, gearing up to watch it. I kind of shrugged and I said, uh, ah, all right. I don't have 
you know, I like, I know what the episode is. I know what we do. And, and, you know, my favorite, my favorite scene in this episode is the scene in which Sean shows Corey, the Flintstones cartoon, and they talk about it. That's the best scene of the episode. <laughs> uh, and it's got some good laughs. Everything else has like some chuckles. Yeah. Um, but, but that, that scene is really good. I love that scene. <laughs> there, yeah, there's some good moments, but overall this episode, I'm like, meh. Mm-hmm. But I did take a lot of notes. That's the mm-hmm. thing about kind of fluffier episodes. I feel like I have more notes for fluffier episodes because there's more to discuss than, well, there's, I shouldn't say more to discuss, but there's more things to point out just randomly as opposed to a more serious episode where I make like two notes and then I'm like, so let's deep dive into Eric's psyche. And <laughs> both are, both are fun, just in different ways. Okay. Well, Megan, what did you learn? I learned, and I think I've said something very, I was like lying in bed this morning and I was like, I feel like I've said this exact thing before on this show. So if I have just, you know, obviously we have to learn, learn lessons a couple of times before they actually sink in. So here we go. Right. Insert a clip of how can I learn the same thing every week and still Mm. be so stupid. (laughs) Exactly. It's important to show up for the people you love, but not at the expense of compromising yourself. And Mm. I think Corey and Frankie learn this lesson because obviously Frankie doesn't really care about wrestling that much and he doesn't know that much about wrestling and he kind of goes out of his way to be the all-knowing wrestling helper that his dad, he thinks his dad wants from him, but that's not actually what he needs he really I mean he starts performing when Frankie is finally like you know what I'm proud of you I'm here for you I'm gonna be for here for you regardless of whether you win or lose instead of helping him with another wrestling move and then Corey obviously is like compromising his time and his energy and trying to split himself into two pieces for both of these people and he ends up just like half-assing both and disappointing Mostly disappointing Topanga because he di- he mm-hmm. does disappoint Frankie, but that turns out okay. He mostly disappoints Topanga. So if he had just like, first of all, if he had been honest with Topanga, I feel like they could have come to some sort of like, okay, go to the match and then come later and then we'll do our dance later. Yeah, he should he should have just been. Which Unicative. leads to my lesson, which is <gasps> that you need to just tell people. Yeah. what you're thinking and feeling and doing because yeah. it's probably not going to work. Just fucking tell yes. them. Just fucking tell people your stupid scheme to go around being honest is just dumb. And you should just tell people the honest fucking shit. That's my opinion, Corey and Frankie. Cause yeah. you know what? By the time they're honest, things work out, mm-hmm. which I'm a little upset about because there should be repercussions, but it's fine. You should just be honest and tell the fucking thing. Just, well, just say it. Just, and just I, tell the people. For for both Corey, Corey and Topanga both have good and bad moments in this episode for me. A good moment for Topanga is when she is, she, Corey shows up to the party and instead of yelling and screaming at him and getting frustrated, she's like, I know you have a good explanation, so tell me what it is. Instead of is, accusing him shiny, and yelling. Yes, that is a very impressive moment of emotional maturity to be like, listen, I know you're not an asshole. Yes. Why? Like, what What the hell? <laughs> yes, which is pretty true to form as far as Topanga goes. What wasn't true to form for me was when she was like, you have to come. I'll just die. I'll just die. I was like, come uh-huh. on, lady. Just <laughs> chill. 
And also her reason for Corey coming to the party is dumb as well. When she's like, I uh-huh. wish we have to dance to the song that my parents dance to. And little do I know they're getting divorced in three years. So <laughs> yeah. her reasoning is fucking stupid. So I, I had, I took issue with her at the beginning of this episode, but that moment really redeemed her for me at the end. So mm. yeah. Yeah. Everything could have gone smoother if, uh, if everyone would have just told the truth. Say what? Just say the thing. In the just words of the John thing, Mayer, yeah. say what you need to say. <laughs> Jesus. All right. <laughs> um, and John Mayer is the only person who has ever said that, and that's yeah, why. Yeah. No I one else. It. No one else. No one else has that. ever said that. Nope. What's that song? The what you say? What's that? What song is that? Say Jason Derulo. Well, there's two. So there's an Imogen one. Heap. Yes, one. the original is Hide and Seek by Imogen. Hide and Seek by Imogen. And then what you say by Jason Derulo. Right, where he like samples it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think someone else actually sings the part. Not he like samples it, but someone else is singing it. It's like a cover. A sample and a cover. A scover. A scover, if you will. (laughs) All right. I need another cup of coffee, clearly, because I'm still half asleep. Uh, (laughs) um, My first note of this episode is oh shit, Turner got a haircut. (laughs) <laughs> that was like did. the first thing that i noticed as soon as the episode opened i was like oh oh where's mm. the mullet mm-hmm, thing. my oh. first thought was turner you're here <laughs> you're still alive you're still around you're still kicking my second thought was where's joey did he graduate mm. Is he gone? No, because Joey and Frankie are, are around and they make a joke when they are graduating. That's true. You're well, I don't not- know where where Joey is. Maybe Joey's doing some time. <laughs> Sold to the wrong person. Sold uh-huh. some drugs to the wrong person. Uh-huh. I I'm I mean I'm baffled why Frankie is suddenly in their class when he's I know <laughs> very clearly been established to be. Beyond their years, which like, you know, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing inherently impossible about the situation, but. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I was trying to think through this a little bit and be like, okay, I guess Frankie and Joey have decided that they're going to be their own independent people. So it makes sense that they're not scared of them anymore. But also we have to remember that the boys have helped Frankie with love before. When they were helping him get Harley's girlfriend. I mean, they didn't realize it was Harley's girlfriend. But they've helped him with love before. Because he puts, like, no thought into... He's like, let me think about it. Okay, let's do it. He doesn't put Mm -hmm. really any thought into it. And it's because it worked the last time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, of course he trusts these guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We have to point out this is one of, like, 18 instances where Sean Hunter is shown to despise poetry in every way prior to them deciding next year that he will be a incredible poet. You know, this is, this is like, the fifth time, maybe, that we've seen that. Yeah, I don't understand the flip. I guess it's because that was... They were trying to make him more soulful and deep, and uh, poetry is the easy out for that. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. how can we make him deep? <gasps> He'll be a poet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's it's dumb. I <laughs> The whole, like, turn is stupid. And it would be one thing if he... It would be one thing if he just slept through the class and he still understood the poetry, but they 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 set us up to believe that Sean doesn't understand poetry at all, mm-hmm. which is the 
the the the leap that I cannot take with them because I just it, yeah again it would be different if he was just like oh, I don't like like listening to poetry or like I don't like this particular poem or he was just sleeping through the class but he full ass did not understand the poem and he didn't understand like when Frankie was like this is it's my father like Corey was the one who figured that out uh-huh, uh-huh. which is also a stretch for me because I'm like Corey really figured that Corey <laughs> really all right I guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why with as famous as as Vader is seemingly in this show, I'm very surprised that they live in a trailer. Yeah. I had questions about that too. Do they just need to travel a lot for his matches? Doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense to me as to why, why they live in a trailer. And that is that like the show establishes that Vader is a professional wrestler and not even not like B circuit, small time uh-huh. professional wrestling, like semi pro, like full out WWE uh-huh. villains league, like whatever Frankie says, like real deal professional wrestler. Yes. <laughs> and like those are in fact professional entertainers who uh-huh. would have being a pretty penny. I mean, yeah, a, a, a livable sum such yeah. that they wouldn't be living in a trailer, especially one that is like littered with trophies the way his yes. is. I'm like, you you should be living in a house or apartment. Or or I should say you you should have the financial means to do so. Correct, yes. If it's a personal on... choice, then like by all means. But I I think it it seems so much more beneficial to be in a home where your boys have space and also you have like a trophy room or something to like, you have plenty of accolades and you clearly want to not show off, but you want them. What, what's the word I'm looking for to on be display. out. Yeah, yeah. 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 You want them on display in your home. So a, a trophy case seems like the perfect way to do that. And there's so many that, and there's no room for a trophy case in their house. So I'm just like, why? Or their trailer. So I'm like, it uh, unless it's a personal choice, it makes no sense why they're in a trailer. Yeah, the average salary of a professional wrestler, this is from a Forbes article called How Much Do WWE Wrestlers Get Paid? It says yeah. WWE says that the average wrestler on the main roster makes $500,000 per year, while top performers make well into the seven figures. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, even if he's at the low end of the WWE wrestling circuit, he should still be making at least a hundred thousand yeah. or more. So be making six figures. Jeez Louise. Which should go a long way in a suburb of Philadelphia. Correct. Should go a long way. And also, first of all, he's a big guy. And he has a two fairly big sons because he's a big mm-hmm. guy. And so I'm like, why would you even want, if you have the means, my God, get some room, a little elbow room. <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself some space. Oof. Yeah, no, it does not. It doesn't make a, a shit ton of sense. I don't get, I don't understand the choice, but I think it's, I, I feel like it has to do with the next episode well, in I'm which with- Frankie and his family are also a fixture on the Thanksgiving episode in the trailer park. And we also did already the setup of like they're in the trailer park because Frankie came over and was like, can you watch my brother mm-hmm. in like right. three episodes ago or whatever. Yeah, so they have, they have established it before and yes. just don't, I, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, 
I it never agree. bothered me in any other episode when Frankie shows up. I'm like, sure, Frankie lives in the trailer too. Cool. But now this episode, since it centers on Vader so much, you're like, oh. Wait yeah. <laughs> well, and it's not even like he's a wrestler that doesn't have a big following and they're just doing like a scrimmage in a gym somewhere. Yeah, he's, no, it's, it's a Merch fucking stadium. Alone, <laughs> enough to buy a house that night. Like Merch right. alone. Yeah, 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 he's in a stadium. He he's one match away from Madison Square Gardens, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big deal. He's a yeah, big yeah, yeah. deal. This, this does not make a lot of sense. Okay, well, while we're in the trailer, I want to go ahead and call it out. We have a boom. It's been a boom minute, check. but we got a boom check, y'all. Around the five minutes and twenty second mark, maybe just before that, in the top left corner, mm-hmm. there's a boom in that shot, and it just kind of comes in, and then the guy slowly is like oops and lifts yes. it up and out pretty slowly takes his time with it he does <laughs> yes going. and i don't know if it if it was always like that or if when they like reformatted it for the modern television they widen the shot and it's in there because he's oh, very laissez-faire about that boom just like chilling up there mm-hmm. i guess that could be it could be a format thing maybe it did happen in formatting maybe I don't well know. and i feel like that's that was the entire because we had so many in the first season we made it through two and three no boom checks at all but in the first season they were like flying all over the place at the top of the screen so mm-hmm. i'm like it must have been like a formatting thing once we mm-hmm. hit the modern television the widescreen mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. it stopped like they stop being hidden. Well, anyway, there's a boom. Five minutes, yeah. 20 seconds right there. Yep. Go look for it. Have fun. Um, <laughs> Knock yourself out. I will also mm-hmm. post a picture on our Instagram page, as I do, and point it out to you because, again, this show is just the worst about it. And I feel like it's. <laughs> I feel like we have more to come. It's worst in the first season. The first season is by far you'll see the most boom. I mean, it's funny. When we started this podcast, you were like, there are so many. And then like, it's been so long. And like, it has. It. Um, and it's never something I've really noticed before watching this show the myriad of times that I have. Um, Someone else pointed it out on Twitter and I was like, <clears throat> thank you. I'm not. <laughs> so Frankie and his father. Hmm. I don't think. I don't think that Vader is a bad dad. I don't like the things that he says to Frankie about, like, your brother Herman is going to blah, 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 and he's the best one, and X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. But I don't think that Vader is a bad dad. Mm-hmm. I think there's just a lack of communication, and there's a lack of see meeting each other where you are, as in, like, obviously Frankie, Frankie feels like he has to do a bunch of extra shit in order to earn his dad's affection as Mm -hmm. opposed to just telling his dad, like, this is not how I express affection or express love. Mm -hmm. And they're just that for as well-spoken as that family is, I'm very surprised that the communication is lacking, but I don't think that Vader is a bad dad. So, I agree. I also think don't think Vader's a bad dad. I think that this episode does him dirty. Um, yeah. I think, too, that it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because historically, they have shown us that Frankie is very knowledgeable in wrestling. Yeah. Specifically in the episode in which Corey tries out for the wrestling team and Joey tries out for the wrestling team and Frankie trains Joey. What they, what they you know, imply is that Frankie is a talented wrestler. Yeah. And so I don't 
you know, I take issue with the the this episode where they're like, oh, he doesn't know anything about it. And I guess like they imply it in that episode with Frankie or with Joey and, and Corey wrestling because like we never really see Frankie do a shit ton besides like be big. Yeah. Um, and it's mostly implied, which like you could tell you could say to me that like, oh, he was putting on an image because that was expected of him. And now he's finally coming into his own. So he's shedding the idea that he has to know something about wrestling and mm-hmm. accepting that he doesn't. I could accept all that. But the implication historically has been that that he is trained and is knowledgeable and and should be in a position to assist or coach his dad in some way, which I also have a a bit of a a rant to get on when it comes down to like this match and shit. But we can work our way there. Ooh, In that episode. And again, historically, it seems like he almost was channeling something that he had watched in one of his dad's matches as opposed to Mm, saying now i'm going to perform the blah 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 and it is done Mm -hmm. like this so Mm -hmm. i think it might have just been like he was knowledgeable from example as opposed to actually knowing the skills and techniques and things involved in wrestling and just being a big guy obviously works to his advantage in wrestling so yeah that's fair. I guess it all mm-hmm. it all plays out, but we're also looking way too deeply into it, I'm sure. <laughs> what else is new? I love, love, love Sean and Corey watching the Flintstones together. <laughs> um, my, I, I had kind of forgotten about it, but one of the best jokes in this whole series is Sean saying, Fred never spent more than 75 seconds at each party. And yes. Corey explaining that that's a TV show and it's a real life. And Sean says, trust me, it's the same thing. Gold. <laughs> Pure gold. And then doubling down on it, gold. Like yes. the 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 self awareness of the TV show time joke. Very good. <laughs> and I like the fact that obviously because they're in a TV show, we're not seeing the travel time. But I'm sure with travel time, they're eating up. They can't well, be he like says, close by. No, Sean. Sean says that the distance between the match and her party is three tenths of a mile. Which is, you know, just just over a quarter mile, which is not far. Mm-mm. And but we're assuming they're was, walking. Well, I mean, so they can't drive yet. Sure. Or riding bikes, Maybe. I guess. Could but walk. but they someone says, you know, Panga says Corey's like out of breath or whatever. So like they're running. When I was thinking, I'm like, okay, well, when I was 15, and I was in good shape, <laughs> uh, I could run a quarter mile. I mean, I could run a mile. Once upon a time, I used to be able to run like a a seven minute mile with you know give or take on mm-hmm. the top end of that that which would mean then like a quarter mile what's a quarter of that that would only be mm. like two two, two minutes. minutes and yeah, yeah. And no, not even not even three minutes of running man this is such a 90s episode though because when they get to the arena regardless of how far it is on the surface they get to the arena they would if it were 2020, they would have to like go through security all over again. Oh, yeah, but they just like walk up to the ring. <laughs> I'm sure they just walk right up to the ring. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. definitely showing its age a little bit there. Mm-hmm, I'd still mm-hmm. like, oh man, a lot of running. And there, we're not led to believe that they're in like physical shape. So I'm going to say it's like five minutes between. Yeah, them. yeah. It would probably take them four or five minutes to run because they're neither of them are athletes or anything. It would, yeah. And I'm saying, even if. This is why Corey should have been just upfront with Topanga, because what he could have done is 
he could have set aside like an hour in the middle of the match. If the match was going to take longer than an hour, he should have set aside or even like 30 minutes to say, okay, Frankie, I'm going to be gone from this time to this time. You have Sean here. I'm going to go and run over and do in that time that he's already like pre-planned with her, do the dance, do the cake cutting, do the stuff that's important to her and then go back to the match, finish it up, come back when you're done. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad you bring this up because here's the thing. Yeah. WWE matches mm-hmm. might, in the rarest of sense, might last 15 minutes at most. <laughs> that's, I mean, <laughs> they that, are, yeah, that's the they are short. They are like, a, it is 10 minutes or less. And it's not, you know, like a WWE event like that is mm-hmm. stacked with several matches. And then sure. there's like a headlining match. So we're led to believe that Vader versus Jake the Snake is like a headlining match, mm-hmm. which would come at like the end of the night or later in the evening. It would be the it wouldn't the undercard matches would be before that, and sure. those are usually like three to five minutes, you know. Yeah. And then this one between Vader and Jake the Snake might go ten minutes. So it doesn't make any sense as to yeah. why he has to run back and forth so much because the thing should take fifteen minutes mm-hmm. at most, and. He should be able to be like, hey, Topanga, I'm going to come to your party, but then I got to bounce for 15 minutes at this time to help Frankie with this thing. And then I'll be back, yes. you know, and within 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like, a simple conversation would have. It just... is a very navigable thing in that it does not make sense. And then let me, while I'm just, I'm going to keep tiptoeing over to it. Here we go. Frankie and his dad's like their need to like work together to get this match won. It's horseshit because we the the show again acknowledges WWE and the like professional wrestling as an entertainer thing. Like it never outright says like, oh, it's staged and fake. Let me go ahead and before I before I sound like I'm gonna shit on WWE, these people mm-hmm. are incredible athletes who who take a beating in their bodies and and face outrageous amounts of actual physical exertion and pain. Mm-hmm. I will not. I'm not, I'm in no way implying that. WWE entertainers are not incredible physical beings uh, who take a fucking beating to their bodies. But what we do know is that the matches, (laughs) they are in fact entertainment upon which outcomes are set. (laughs) Yes. You know? (laughs) Yes. Like the persona of the of the characters, like it it, it is all like Shakespearean storytelling in many ways. <laughs> and, sure. And and so like the fact that Vader's out here giving a very good show in in you know in the drama of the WWE ring, but like the fact that Frankie and Vader's relationship hinges on like him helping him win this match like that shit it's already done like we know they know sure yeah yeah you know vader knows how the show is gonna go (laughs) and and when i say it's staged like yes it's really dangerous they have to be really in tip-top shape and on top of all their shit because they are in fact throwing their bodies onto the ground and onto each other and all this shit and sustain crazy injuries from doing it like there i in no way am suggesting that they are not real fucking athletes Uh but it is not a genuine contest in that yeah. they don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Which drives Oof. me nuts that, like, Corey is supposed to be this big fan, but then they're not going to talk about the fact that this shit is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you wouldn't even be able to have that uh, this episode. If no, it would, it would take away by... the whole episode from yeah. the to that. I know, I know. And, and that's fine. And part of me, it almost kind of seems like Vader... <laughs> 
it's funny because like it in some ways you could you could look at vader's performance and suggest that like he like he is doing everything as it was set to be yes. and that he has deliberately pulled Frankie and his friends yes. into the ringside thing as a part of the show Which would in be that so like sweet. that adds to the drama you know of him doing like yes. that, that like that was something he talked to the producer about and was like what if I bring my son and his friends and and I'm like really down and out and then I have to have a, like a tough conversation with my son real quick and then I come back from it like yes that is exactly the kind of storytelling that professional wrestling would thrive on sure that is 110% the kind of heightened drama that that shit thrives on. Because that's all, again, that's what it is. It is wildly heightened drama mm-hmm. of storylines and characters. I honestly think that would be very sweet if he did that. Right. And he was deliberately pulling Frankie into this plot yes. line. Yes. Because Frankie uh, doesn't, if Frankie really doesn't know. Yeah. If, if like, if Frankie and Corey actually don't know that this shit is, you know, Paged. bullshit. Oh. <laughs> I like that. I like that theory. Let's go with that. Let's say that Vader is is deliberately roping them in as an effort to get closer with his son and, and that, you know, all events are going to go the way they were going to go. And Frankie just doesn't know. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Fan theory. (laughs) Here we go. We're starting a conspiracy. Who's your MVP? To Panga. (laughs) Yeah. Panger. I swear to God. (laughs) <laughs> yeah she just i i think i'm gonna go with, i mean i don't know i was thinking maybe sean maybe topanga sean kind of fucks it all up i guess so topanga it's, it's a hard one because no one really does great throughout the entire episode sure but they all work out their own problems which is yes. also good they don't have an adult tell them how to work it out this time they actually just they figure it out and work it out which Thanks, is nice it's about fucking time my god <laughs> oh. who's your mvp I <laughs> I was kind of going through doing the same thing you were doing. I was like thinking and I was like, I don't know. No one really. I, I'll just give it to the snake. I'm not going to give it to the snake. <laughs> I think I'm actually going to give it to Frankie because he he's the first one to kind of work out this problem where he's dealing with this internal. My dad doesn't actually love me or he doesn't feel like his dad is he doesn't feel any sort of affection from his father and then he like turns around and he looks at the boys and they're they come up short and so he's like you know what vulnerability time and so he turns around and he just does it and it's the worst time and place but it has the the biggest effect because he's just being honest and he he can't I mean it took him a while to get there but he came to that conclusion on his own and so then I feel like in turn because he did that and had that moment and that vulnerability and openness with his dad then Corey was able to go back and be like okay well yeah I kind of I did a shitty thing and I wasn't communicative and I kind of lied but like look at what I did (laughs) so I think I think it's Frankie for me that's fair I know that I had I had weird feelings about the end when Sean and Frankie are sitting together eating popcorn watching Corey and Topanga dance. It's kind of sweet that like with their little conversation, like it's kind of it's a sweet little like those two in the ring. How long are they gonna go? Uh, they're yeah. gonna go the distance. Like it's kind of cute. But then I'm also like, why are they just sitting here watching? Yeah, sitting watching. <laughs> it's not like it's, it's not like they're doing like a choreographed dance. They're just swaying back and forth. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little weird. It's a little weird. I'll give you that. The conversation is cute. It's it's campy, but you know, cute. And then yeah, I don't know. It didn't bug me that much, but I was like, I I couldn't. I like smiled, and then I was also like, 
Why are they just sitting there? Yeah. <laughs> the very last scene is probably my favorite when Vader's like, and here's the wrestling scene. in the back. Mm-hmm. Even though the safe thing is so overdone. Do you guys actually like hearing that like girls feel safe with them? Is that like a thing? Is that a real thing? I don't. I mean, you're asking me like, I, you're, you're asking a guy. me to speak, to speak for all men. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of men, but you can speak I'm for sure yourself. I am sure an abundance of men who like to feel an overwhelming sense of control love to hear that because that's all it implies, right? Is like yeah. when you're holding me, I feel safe. What it implies is that like I am unsafe when you are not holding me or I feel unsafe when you are not holding me and therefore I want you to hold me. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. So like it lends itself towards feeding the ego of a man who enjoys feeling strong and in control all the time which is how you often end up with men who who mishandle their emotions when they do not feel strong or in control and try to seize that control through through rage and outbursts and such so in my opinion no that's horseshit i don't give a fuck you should feel safe on your own um (laughs) but i'm just a little woman (laughs) i'm not suggesting that two humans cannot make each other feel safer that is fine but the idea of like i'm a woman and i feel safe in your arms yeah a little dated fucking garbage i don't think it's dated though you're saying it's dated i feel like i could see it i would watch a fucking movie today and someone would probably say that to someone well that's probably true yeah and I don't, I don't feel like that has, has disappeared, but I think the only thing, the only kind of man that can hear that and be like boosted up from that is the kind of man that always wants to feel strong and in control. You know, my first thought is like, oh, do you feel unsafe regularly? <laughs> <laughs> do we need to have a, another conversation in real life? I don't know. I don't know. And I, you know, I, and it's a, you know, it's one of those things that like you, you, you see in movies and TV shows or whatever. So then when you're a teenager, you probably say that or hear that from your significant other. And then depending on which side of that you're on, you, you feel good about it. Cause that's an indication that you have a great, strong, healthy, wonderful relationship. Yep. Uh, because that's the way the TV show and movie has shown it to you. Again, but pop culture. In my, into yeah. real life. It's all but in my it. opinion, the only, the only kind of thing that that feeds is <sighs> a sense of control. But like, I mean, again, I don't want you to feel unsafe in your partner's arms. Like, yeah, again, <laughs> you should feel <laughs> safe in your partner's <laughs> arms. But like, I don't know. Now I feel like a really cynical asshole. I guess I don't know. You should feel safe in your partner's arms. Yeah. If you I don't, like, she says thing. that, and I'm like, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> if you don't, then like, it's it's get out. Of, <laughs> I, it's probably one of those nice things to maybe just like hear not necessarily like regularly, but it might it, in the event that it's not, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Because I guess if, it's fine. I'm feeling bad now. I'm feeling, I have regrets about my, my tirade <laughs> against this. I can cut it out if you want me to. No, no, no. I mean, keep it in. The people deserve to understand. <laughs> I feel like it's, it. it's like when your partner tells you like that you're, you look pretty or you like, you, Oh, your hair looks really nice today. It's like, doesn't my hair look nice all the time? It's like one of those situations where it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. It, it's mm-hmm. just that in this particular moment, like I'm feeling a certain way and the words just came out of my mouth. But your hair is sure. lovely all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's a fair estimation. I was going for a really critical lens on it, whereas it could just be a nice thing you say to your partner in a moment where you just feel good. 
I think the implication is that you uh, you should feel safe in your partner's arms because they're your partner and they should make you like you should have a sense of security in that moment. But it's not I only feel safe in your arms. Mm-hmm, I don't feel mm-hmm. safe in the rest of the you're world. Right. And, you're right. And, and she didn't that say that. is sometimes the implication. But that is sometimes the implication of like a romantic comedy. It's like the world is a terrible place and I am only safe in your arms because I am a small woman. So mm-hmm. I get it. There's a, there's yeah. I feel like there's a there's a positive and a negative. Yeah, I guess As in some with ways. Literally everything in life. Now I feel bad. I don't feel Damn. bad. That's what amendments are for. Yeah. Well, let me just go on the record and say it's fine that Topanga said that, I guess, and that Corey is not I don't know. He's a little controlling, maybe, but whatever. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. I feel like uh, Corey has some insecurities that will hopefully work themselves out with age. But well, you know. I mean, you should feel safe in your partner's arms, everybody. Yeah. Anything this else? This took a turn. So I know, uh, it got weird. I'm sorry. I really I dragged it down here. That's my bad. That's, that's on okay. me. Um, we had some real good lightheartedness with this one, and I I dragged us through this shit at the end. My bad. <laughs> whatever. This- it's, it's like the show. Sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's serious. Art reflects life, Skylar. Okay. You learn this? <laughs> you have anything else for the people at home? I'm all, all out right. of notes. We got all everything. Right. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. We really appreciate you coming back. What are we on, oh, check us on out on social media. <laughs> at the Feeny Call Podcast on Instagram, at Feeny Call, Twitter, Facebook. Send us an email, feenycallpodcast at gmail.com. You can also, there's a link. I realize that a lot of people might not know, actually know. I say this every week, but like the link might not, you know, might not know where it is. So the link is in the description if you want to leave us a voicemail. Um, let us know what you think or if you have anything to say about an upcoming episode. Uh, yeah, it could be featured here on the show. Cool. So do the thing. Rate, review, subscribe. It's it's one of those things where it's it's important for us so that we get the word out about the Feeny Call. So don't forget to rate and review, which is yeah, very Yeah, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us out if you throw that that rating on there. Yeah. Um, I feel like we like glaze over it a lot of times, but it's actually like super helpful. So in the event yeah, that you're listening. But only only if you listen on Apple Podcasts. If you listen somewhere else, then they don't care about your reviews. Also true. Also true. <laughs> right? Spotify doesn't do reviews, I think. No, they Google don't. Podcasts or... Yeah. But you can subscribe yeah. on Spotify, and that helps. So. Yes. There you go. All right. Thanks, y'all. Uh, take it easy. Enjoy your week, and we look forward to chatting some turkey next week with y'all. Yay! And some genocide? Yikes. Listen, it's been a minute since I watched that episode, but I think it's going to be weird. <laughs> it might be. I think there are going to be really good moments and then really cringy moments because mm-hmm. it's the 90s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't believe this, that this show decided to like explicitly talk about Rwanda and the Hutus and the Tutsis. I, listen, this show, they were ballsy, that's for sure. <laughs> I've got, I wait. have one thing to say about Boy Meets World is that this, this show is ballsy. Yeah, not a lot of Thanksgiving episodes pepper in the genocide, Mm-mm. especially one that doesn't involve Native American. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. All right, it's for next week. Anyway, <laughs> save it. Save the energy. Save it. Okay. <laughs> Class dismissed. <laughs>